Hello and welcome to the Who's Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we discuss the next episode of This Is Doctor Who, which is Orphan 55. And of course, we've got some uh, listener feedback to go through as well, so we can see, or hear rather, what you thought of this episode as well. But first, let's have the news. Now, unfortunately, yet again, we have to start off with with some some sad news that the um, film editor, John Griffiths, has died at the age of 89. Now, this name might not mean much to you um, at home, but... John Griffiths was a member of the team responsible for the first ever piece of Doctor Who screened, and that was the opening title sequence. So it was, it was thanks to him and the uh, as you work with that put the raw material of the um, was it electronic camera looking at its own viewfinder, yeah. and they asked him to come up with, with the title sequence. So um, I suppose yeah, you can say it, it's iconic. It, you can't, you can't, you shouldn't bandy that word around too often. I don't, I, I feel, but. Um, yeah, I, that was iconic. Yeah, I mean, it, it was all part of the thing that actually grabbed the audience's attention, wasn't it? Exactly. It, it sort of set the tone. It, it gave, you know, long, long with the um, the theme tune. This, this, um, this marks it, it out as this is something different. Precisely, precisely. So it's got it's gone down in, um, you know, gone down in history. Um, and and it is it is it's, it's absolutely um, uh, you know um, I think even now I think it holds up. Well, yeah. I know, you know, it, okay, people might prefer now, um, you know, the fancy CGI graphics we, we get on Doctor Who these days for the opening titles, but um, that that really was sort of coming up with something, in, almost sort of, you could say, in your sheds, really, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think there'd be any uproar if they brought that back for a series. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't think so either, actually. I don't well, think I, so. Yeah, I think I think there'd yeah. be quite a lot of love for it, actually. Yes, but. certainly would be. Certainly would be. So, um, yeah. So I, again, I, I sort of um, I, I raise my glass uh, to Mister Mister Griffiths there because um, yes. that was a, a very very important uh, piece of television, actually. So. Um, yes. Yeah, so there we are. So there we are. So anyway, let's move on to other news items. There's only one other news item to go through um, until we get to the uh, until we get to the stats, and that was announced today, as we recalled, the uh, 14th of January, uh, that season 14 uh, is going to get a Blu-ray release, um, which is available to pre-order on Amazon now. And I actually posted up on our uh, Facebook group today, um, actually. So I think this is going to be out in uh, Monday, the 20th of April. So at the moment, these things are often pushed back because uh, we're still waiting for the um, season twenty-six one to come yeah. out, which, which should have been in the December. Um, so I think that's actually due out. I think it's meant to be the out or released next week. I think, if I remember off right. the top of my head. Um, so there has been a little uh, trailer released for that as well, um, which features Louis Jameson and one of the Vok robots. Have you watched it? I've. I've seen bits of it without the sound. Ah, okay. <laughs> no, it's quite good. It's quite good. Then it just sort of goes into the like a, a full-on uh, trailer for uh, for the Blu-ray box set. Yeah. So, um, but of course, this season um, features the mask of Mandragora, the hand of fear, the deadly assassin, the face of evil, the robots of death, and the talons of Wing Chiang. Um, so it's quite a um, a famous series. There, because obviously yes. you see the um, the departure of Sarah Jane Smith and the introduction of Leela, yes, as well. So it's uh, it's a yeah, I'm quite excited for this one. Uh, but the uh, of course there is um, a load of extras 
to come along with this as well. So we've got a 5.1 surround sound uh, mix for Deadly Assassin. Brand new audio commentaries from Tom Baker and Matthew Sweet on selected episodes of The Face of Evil and The Talents of Wen Chiang. Oh, we have another behind the Probably sofa. Worth the admission. <laughs> exactly. Worth, yeah, worth the the, uh, the price of the, the, the Blu-ray set on its own, really. Um, so we've got uh, Behind the Sofa, which now features Tom Baker, Louis Jameson, Philip Hinchcliffe, plus Sophie Aldred and Peter Purvis. Uh, then we have Our Sarah Jane, which is an Elizabeth Sladen tribute. Who's Doctor Who Revisited? Um, as Toby Haydog meets the producers and grown-up stars of the very first Who documentary. Um, in conversation, Matthew Sweet chats to Philip Hinchcliffe. We have a Blu-ray trailer, which I've just announced. Brand new interviews, rare archive material, convention footage, and the usual photo galleries, um, script costume designs, and rare BBC production files on the PDF archive. Yeah. Um, but uh, one thing that isn't mentioned here as well, that the um, Talons of Wenchang also features some updated special effects as well. Hmm. So it's. I'm looking forward to this. I'm very much looking forward to this. So um, I just love the work they put into these Blu-ray releases. I have to say, I haven't got any of them. You haven't. Do you know what? I I I thought you know as I've said previously on on, on many an occasion um, that I I didn't buy the first Blu-ray box set, which is Tom Baker's uh, first series. And I've been kicking myself ever since um, because since purchasing the the rest of them. Uh, since they've since they've come out, um, to be honest, I've spent all my time going through the extras rather than watching the stories themselves. Yeah. Um, and I got to be honest, it's, it's something I, I whenever a new DVD release came out or Blu-ray release came out, I'd always dive into the extras first. To I, I, it just it is like a, tra- a tradition for me, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no, yeah, it's it's not. It's just yeah, just a case of. Having other things to spend my money on at the moment. <laughs> yes, as we were discussing previously, yes. prior to recording. Yes, indeed, indeed. So, well, uh, any other time these had come out, <laughs> I would have been pre-ordering them. Yes, me. indeed, indeed. But uh, no, this is this this looks very, very good. As I said, as all the others have been, um, as well. And uh, I got to be honest, it's making a lot of nice space on my shelf. <laughs> Yes. Consolidating all these all these DVDs into nice uh, handy box sets, it's great. So uh, there we go, there we go. So as I say, that's currently. It is a case, oh, isn't it? If these had come along ten years earlier, it would have saved us a hell of a lot of trouble. <laughs> Damn them for not inventing Blu-ray sooner, Christ. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's it for the news. But of course, it's now time for stats. I'm so sorry. It's time for Omega's stats corner. <laughs> Okay, so the overnight viewing figures for Orphan 55 uh, was 4.19 million viewers. Um, and that represented a 20.9% uh, of the total viewing audience uh, for that evening, which made Doctor the fifth most popular show on British television on Sunday. Mm. Um, it was beaten um, in the ratings by Dancing on Ice. Uh, but again, there was only 4.51 million, so there wasn't, you know, wasn't a lot in it. Um, but... There does seem to be there does seem to be a bit of a um, a drop off for Doctor Who. Um, this 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 what I'd say was more if people are going to point at the fig viewing figures and say what's going you know what's yeah. going on there. It is more the fact that the end of Country File and the beginning of Doctor Who 
a million people got up and turned over or, or went away. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then, and then nearly two million returned for Call the Midwife. But then three million disappeared for the troll of Christine Keeler. Yes. Yeah. Um, the viewing habits are really strange. Really strange at the moment. So I, I can't remember what was on ITV um, at nine o'clock on Sunday night. I honestly can't remember. But um, no. But the uh, but however the have you seen the audience appreciation index score for Orphan Fifty Five? Yes, seventy seven. Hmm. It's, mm. it's 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 very worrying, isn't it? Yeah, that is that is actually. Um, now apparently, uh, that is as low as it's been since I think um, in the Forest of the Night and Love and Monsters. Yeah. Um. To be honest, I, I I mean, Love and Monsters, I think, as 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 I think people have sort of appreciated it a bit more as as years have gone by. So maybe now people might sort of see it in a different light. But um, but hey, yeah, I think obviously people the people who did watch it didn't really <laughs> enjoy it no. that much. But uh, okay, so you'll find out what we thought of it um, when when we've wrapped up this section. But uh, yeah, okay, okay. Now the um, the final f- official ratings for Spyfall. Parts one and two. Now, the first part had an official rate of six point eight nine million viewers, so that's quite a um, an increase on the overnights. Um, and part uh, here we are trying to find trying to find it. And part two had five point nine one million, so not quite the same um, increase, but still an increase of over a million viewers, nevertheless. Yeah. Uh, and the AI score for both those episodes no, actually, was eighty two point seven million. Ah, yes, sorry, yes, sorry. 5.9 watched it on a conventional TV. There you go. Yep, sorry about that. Yes, Paul is absolutely right. 6.70. So, um, yeah, I just looked at the the first line of the the news report, looking at it, and it says 6.89. Lower down, it says 6.7. But I I suppose that then breaks down the four-screen dashboard. Yeah, Yeah, 6.7 watched it on a conventional TV. 100,000 watched on a P- their PC, 49,000 on a tablet device, and 27 on the smartphone. Smartphone, yes, indeed. Indeed. But, uh, yeah, so I, th- I think that's, this is going to be the thing now, the catch-up um, yeah. The catch up scores. That, that's the thing to thing to look at. Um, yeah, but that's that's quite a significant drop-off, though, I think, for, um, for this all from 55. So it'll be interesting to see what the, what the catch-up, more official, that, yeah, yeah, especially once people see what other people have thought about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, um, as I say, up. but that is that that AI though is a little bit worrying. I don't, is that is that in the sort of catastrophic um, bracket? I can't. Remember. We did look uh, this up years ago, didn't we? Yeah. What what's what what it means when it gets below a certain a certain figure? That, I, just, uh, I, just, I I I do oh, think well. it, it definitely means this isn't fresh and new. No, it's not. They no, come as part of our no, it's, no, it's not. It's not exciting and new, is it? It's no. Uh, no. <laughs> Stale and covered in penicillin. I think is the. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, folks. Well, that that is. Um, yeah, I don't think we, we we want to discuss ratings much longer. To read, to it. it is what it is. There you go. Yes. There you go. So, uh, so that's it for the news. So coming up next, we're going to talk about um, Orphan Fifty Five. So for another week, then that was the news.
Right then, everybody at home, we're now going to talk about the latest episode of Doctor Who, episode three, and that is Orphan 55. Welcome to Tranquility Spa. Why would you need to defend a holiday spa with an ionic membrane? I'm sure it's nothing to worry about. We're not safe out here. And Paul, it's your turn to kick off proceedings this week. So, what did you think? Um, I didn't dislike it. <laughs> That's the most, oh, okay. most, most faint praise I can throw at it. <laughs> okay. It was, actually, it was all right. The the if if you wanted something that was going to be new, fresh and new, and yes, interesting yes, and well, yes. Mm. Um, this wasn't it. There, there, there was a lot of this was recycled from from the standard base under siege stuff. Yeah, I mean that, that's what Doctor Who is is sort of usually good at, really, isn't it? Yeah, base under siege. It's, it's a classic trope of Doctor Who. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean from from that point of view, um, yeah, but, all well um, and good. But but this, but this very much was, wasn't it? It was the. It was the disgruntled person on the inside that was lowering the defences. Yeah, exactly, which we've seen before. The base being built in a ridiculously hostile environment. <laughs> yeah, which didn't make any sense whatsoever. Why would you do and, that? <laughs> and quite a few extras in it getting killed off very quickly. Yeah, um... Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I, I, I didn't enjoy this episode much at all. If I'm, if I'm perfectly honest, um, maybe, maybe I might be a bit more scathing than than you, Paul. But um, I, I just thought it, it was, yeah, base under siege. Fine, I've got nothing with the base under siege um, story. But even the, I felt people, you know, you introduced to people um, who I didn't care about. To yeah, be honest, I mean, we, we, there was, we no, there was no one to root for in this at all. We, d- we didn't have enough time to actually, what, to actually <clears throat> meet people, did we? No. I mean, it starts off basically with Velma and her husband, who I can't remember his name. I don't know. <laughs> what? Um, Benny! <laughs> Benny! That's, that just basically sounded like me trying to get the rabbit out from behind the kill. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Oh God! That that uh, and, then, oh. and the rabbit's probably saying to the other one, "Just shoot me." That's probably saying. He's probably saying, "Rabbit, in rabbit, it's rabbit voice." Will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> now shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> but. But I mean, but even that, I mean, just literally for the, we've been together forty six years. Oh well, for one of you, at least one of you's dying then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might just hand, handed in the gun straight away. <laughs> yeah. Yes, might, might as well just walked up and pushed one of them head under the water, might and shoot there and then, and just got it over and done. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that that whole oh. Bloody hell, that Benny, Benny, oh, bloody hell! That that that's the that's one of the things I thought. Why is this happening? Why would the Doctor take everybody on a rescue mission? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the whole thing about that is, yeah, I mean, she she says that later on when she says to Bella, "This is all your fault," 
Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I think you've got to take some of the blame here yourself, Doctor. Yeah. Because, for at least for everybody you got killed once you went outside the dome. Because you took them there without knowing what was out there. Yeah. How dangerous it was. Or anything. To save one person. I know. And how many died? <laughs> Practically all of them. <laughs> yes. You saved two of the people when there was at least seven that were still alive before you took them out on the <laughs> Oh, God. I, I, oh. I had so many issues with this. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I just want to come back to the to the whole um, unlikable characters. I mean, Kane. I thought, yeah, yeah you deserve everything. To get into, and she lived, apparently, at the end. Uh, her, the the Bella character. Oh, big twist! It's Kane's daughter. Um, yeah, I, I thought well, you, you're no one to root for either. You're quite, no, we'll you're get, quite willing yeah. to kill everybody to if get every, back at yeah, your mother. You're sacrificing everybody just so you can get your own back on the mother that didn't love you, as far yeah. as you're concerned. Yeah, exactly. Which, which, so, yeah, I mean. yeah, got no one. You, I don't root for you. Um, the Nevy James Buckley character and his son Silas. Were we supposed to care about them at all? No, they're introduced. Yeah. You, you find out that James, the, the Nevy character, is not much of a mechanic. He's actually his son who's the genius. Yeah, um, they have a little. You don't listen to me. Storms over, then immediately comes back again. About thirty seconds later, and they're reunited. Well, where, where was the tension there? Yeah. Um, and did they? Did those two arrive from the planet of bad wigs? I mean, what the hell are they putting James Buckley's head? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what was the? Po- I mean, that that was. Yeah. They just seem to be like, oh, we'd do something to make him look different. You know, we're going to do this with makeup. <laughs> James Buckley's saying, "No, nah, I'm not having any makeup on." <laughs> like, no, yeah. <laughs> Weak. All right then. Fair enough. Yeah, make you look different. Make you look like a twat, more like. But <laughs> it's just no. yeah. I mean, what was what was the point? I mean, the whole thing about that was casting him. Well, you know, that that seemed to be a pretty pointless casting of him, really. Well, yeah, exactly for that role. Yeah, um, which oh, because I all, he see, all he seems to do is wander around saying, "I can't fix it." All the time, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely bloody useless. But uh, and the um, now, what, what were your thoughts the first time you saw the hyphen three character? Uh... Just, just the, the the makeup. I mean, did they run out of budget? Oh, I don't know. I, mean, I, think, I think it's a nod back to the to, to the classic serial. I think. Well, it, exactly. It, it was. It, it was awful. <laughs> and as people have quite rightly pointed out, um, it, the makeup reminded a lot of people of John Candy in Spaceballs. Yeah. So, um, which I cannot disagree with, actually. Um, even to the point of, of that stick on towel um, that made the actress wear. There was an Amy Booth still wear. Yeah. Um, as well, I, I, there was no prosthetics. It was just makeup painted on her face to make her like a dog. Oh, it's just what what is what was going on there? I just <laughs> seriously, I, I didn't. I must admit, I didn't expect to be quite so um, worked up about this when I started talking. Before, you know, before we start recording, I thought, okay, I've got a few things to say. Um, but yeah, this is this is actually kind of very very negative. Um, but I can't help myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh dear. 
I really can't help myself. But, um, I, I, but... T- to be honest, yeah, I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, I, f- I think... That didn't bother me, actually, to be honest. I thought, fair enough. <laughs> I'm probably so used to it in Doctor Who that it doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't really register with me now. <laughs> oh, dear. Actually, the one thing, I was, I was trying to figure out who the Benny actor was. Because he's listed as Cole Farrell. Mm. Um, and I thought, I, I recognise your, your, your face. He's obviously a lot older than I last uh, Colin Farrell. Um, now, we just lost an actor, a British actor called Christopher Beanie, who was in Upstairs, Downstairs, and also in, in a, um, a sitcom with, uh, what was it called? That what was the funeral director's one. What, in Loving Memory? In Loving Memory, which Colin Farrell was in also, because right. he was the um, the love rival of the Christopher Beanie character. Oh, right. Yeah, so, um, and of course... The Vilma was played by Julia Foster, who's a very, very famous um, British actor. When I mean, she was in, um, was it Alfie, wasn't it, with Michael Caine? Yeah. Wasn't she? So. Um, oh, she, she, she was also in Wild Alliance, which I've got on DVD. What's Wild Alliance? What's that? So we're going way off topic here, folks, but what, what's Wild Alliance? Uh, that, was, that was a very gentle uh, detective thing with John Stride. Oh, right, okay. To which I can only. Which, which, which my. Before I bought the DVD, my new memory of it was the fact that he had a white TR7. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I must, I've never heard of that one. I'll, I'll keep looking on Talking Pictures. Um, and see, it's bound to arrive on there at some point. Some but, point. I yeah. the DVD. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> anyway, yeah, back, uh, back, to, uh, back to Doctor Who. So, um, yeah, I, I just thought it was a very, very poorly realised characterisation Um I just, I just the think there just, there just isn't enough time no. sometimes with these stories to actually give the characters enough backstory for you to actually care about them. Yeah, and I... I mean, the, the whole Bella-Kane <laughs> relationship needed to be explored before it was suddenly... Yeah. Well, it was like they, they were trying to sort of pile on the, you know, the, you know um, Ed Heim, it, was, it takes you away. Yeah, um, another episode that seemed to divide fans as well um, last year, but or year before I should say. Um, yeah, it seems to be sort of want, wanting to pile on the twist. So you've got the twist of Bella being Kane's daughter. The other twist that the planet Orphan Fifty Five was actually Earth um, after a, a global climate change and, and nu- nuclear oh, war, yeah. um, which we'll come on to um, soon because um, that's that appears with the elephant in the room with this episode for a lot of people. Um, yeah, again, it's all been done before. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, didn't... there's there's no, there's nothing new in this. No, certainly certainly not for anybody <clears throat> who's watched all the classic episodes. No, exactly, exactly. Um, I hate to say it, but this kind of this kind of story plays straight into the into the hands of the people who now. Take any opportunity to rubbish the show, because as soon as there's any negative feedback, and we, we all know how the internet works, mm. negativity spreads a lot quicker than positivity. Yeah. We know that with I mean, you know fake news and God, no, that spreads faster than actual facts. Yeah. So, I mean, um, to, to be honest, I I don't dislike this episode. This episode is, I think it's it's an okay episode of Doctor Who. Um. 
what it isn't though is anything that's made me feel oh you know there wasn't any point in it which I felt oh that's something different I hadn't thought of something that it like that you know or anything yeah. like that which you think good Doctor Who should actually <coughs> make you stop and think yeah yeah well I, I mean to take some positives out of this um, I like the the dregs design. Yeah, I thought that was that that was a good as a as a sort of man in suit um, costume goes. I thought it, it was rather good. Um, yeah, and, and, and actually, used quite, quite well. I quite like the fact that yeah, at the start you don't see them. Yeah, full blown. No, and to be honest, when you saw me in full daylight, it, it, it that, that was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, I thought that that was okay. Um, yeah, I like that, the that, that, that light oh, that lighting when you first see them. Is obviously mm. what they needed for the for the other famous base under siege story, Warriors of the Deep. <laughs> we always come back to Warriors of the Deep. So that's a that's our that's our yardstick, is it for everything? <laughs> to, to, to be fair, I mean, it had the same sort of level of makeup, didn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> oh dear. No, no, I, yeah, I thought that that was good. I thought the um, the use of location was good. They filmed this in Tenerife, uh, yeah. which and it looked good. I mean, you know, it's, it's a volcanic island, so if you want anything that looks sort of suitably apocalyptic, then Tenerife seems to be your go-to place, really. Uh, yeah. So no, yeah, it looked it looked good. It did look good. Um, also, like the the vehicle they went out, and I'm assuming that's model work as well. Um, and if it was, it was it was very good. So I, yeah. I, I, I really did. Um, I really did like that. So um, I think you know the the, the design and everything was um, aspect of it was was fine. Yeah. On the production I, side, it, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, I, I didn't dislike it. I, I was quite happy. I've I've watched it twice and probably wasn't so bad the second time either. You know, it wasn't something that I'd necessarily reach to watch again. But I'm not sure that I'd probably turn it off if it was on again. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I must admit that when it finished, the first thing you you sent me a text message, and it was "damn you all to hell," wasn't it? Because it was just yeah. like that. They <laughs> blew it up. You blew it up, you maniacs. <laughs> now, obviously, well, that, that was. Okay. I mean, that was my first fault when they did that. Yeah. And actually, you almost felt like, well, actually, now you've done that, at least give it a little nod to the fact of where that where that's come from. Come from. Yeah. I mean, it's been, I mean that whole that whole thing of you know finding out where they are is actually Earth. I mean that's been done so many times in Doctor Who as well. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's meant to be. Uh, I think this is the thing. If, if it had been a better story, I think you would have said, "Oh yeah," because that's referencing these classic serials or this particular story or what you know, whatever it might be. We wouldn't think anything of it. But I think just because it's it was such a weak story, we're now attacking it for referencing sort of Doctor Who tropes. Mm. Well, well, I am anyway. Well, I'm, I'm kind of contradicting myself here, to be I honest. I don't but... honestly think it's such a bad story. I think what it has is it's just you haven't got any connection to any of the characters. No. And if you haven't got that in this sort of story, in a base under siege story, yeah, then you haven't really got that suspense which it needs. No, that's right. Because right. if you don't actually care whether they live or die, then there's really well, 
yeah, there's no, there's no, <laughs> you've got no investment in the story, really, unless no. you want the, unless you want to watch them all die. That's it, really. That's, no. uh, um, and then that, that then does come down to how do you do that? Yeah, in a fifty-minute one-off story. Yeah, he's he, he's a. I think that's always been my issue since Doctor Who came back. Anyway, is this single episode format? Um, yeah, I've always felt that you know, I mean, okay, you know, back in the day they did stretch, you know, stretch the story out needlessly sometimes, especially some of the Pertwee stories. Yeah. Um, which you know, and actually, as you can see, even some of the um, Hartnell and and Trouton ones as well could have done with a couple yeah. of episodes being trimmed off. Um, but I think in this case, they they certainly need a bit, a couple more episodes to like, to invest in the in the characters a bit more. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I think in this one, it doesn't. It doesn't no. work. No. I mean, you sort of wonder whether they could have done. Before the titles, if they could have had something with Bella and her father, mm. and him dying, you know, some sort of background to her there, yeah. without necessarily yeah. giving the the plot away, perhaps, mm. but just so that then you sort of see where she's come, why she's so angry at her mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just seems to you just it just suddenly. I know these little twist twists do you know tend to drop out of nowhere, but I thought, I thought oh god, really? Yeah, is that, is but, that the but, best? But, really? But you just sort of thought, what really? What makes you so angry with your mother that you decide to to kill everybody? Kill everybody? Her? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but okay, shall, shall we? Shall we come on to the? I was going to say the elephant in the room. Which is the um, the climate change message? Yeah, that was delivered at the end. Now this appears to have um, rankled quite a few people. So, and I think it's particularly in the way it was done. Now, I think that I think there was leading up to. Uh, I think it was um, Martin Harrell from the Bad Wolf podcast. He he sort of posted up something on on Facebook saying. Um, Doctor, should, now we're back in the TARDIS. Should we go back and rescue uh, Kane and Bella? No, um, I've got to use the next 55 seconds to give you a lecture on global climate change. Yeah. And I can take his point. They could, they could have quite easily have nipped back. Now they're in the TARDIS. Rescued them. And dropped them off somewhere else. Yeah. And I thought that, that, was, that was really... I thought, I thought that was weird. I thought they was going to go back, rescue them... Um, and that would kind of be the end. But they left, just left to, them to fend for themselves, which I thought was bizarre. To be, to be honest on this... Yeah. I think this is a problem you've got with New Who mm. in making the TARDIS controllable. Because actually what you get is these sort of moral questions. Yeah. Should should they go... You know, Have they not both brought this on themselves? Yeah. So do you go back and risk? But that's you. You could. You Again. could. You, you. You could say that. Whereas, whereas in of... old in old who, obviously, as soon as the Doctor got into the TARDIS, even if he wanted to go back and save them, the chances of him landing. Yeah, exactly. In the right. Yeah. In, the, in yeah. the right part of the galaxy, let alone, let alone next to the. But it, it comes back. Pad but it, is, is pretty. Yeah. Limited. Yeah. But as you say, because. The, 
the Doctor can do this now, can pretty much land the TARDIS yeah. wherever she likes. There but, really was no you, excuse to go back. I know we're not talking about the, the climate change bit at the moment, but um, but, but I just but then, think, but, but then you could go back to to uh, Spyfall last week, mm. where the Doctor goes back, changes the device so it can't take up, they can't be used to take over people. Yeah, goes back, wires up the, rigs up the plane, and records the message to save them. Yeah, but it's quite happy to let. The mother die. Yes. Doesn't do anything to have saved her. No. Well, I, th- I think for, I mean, for, I... What, for what other reason than she had a son that didn't well, love her. There's, there's this whole yeah. That's another theme again, isn't it? Um. So, but yeah. Run through but two stories why, you know, now. You know, why? Why shouldn't she not go back and save the mother if she's going to go back and save Cain and Bella? Well, at the point that the they, well, the th- I think the difference there is that they found Daniel Barton's mother already dead. But in this case, the Doctor left them behind to fend for themselves. And I think I think that's the difference. And and I have to come back to sort of um, the Twelfth Doctor's speech to his future carnation and, and, and to paraphrase is, is never be cruel. And I think this occurred, yeah, the Doctor is being cruel actually. Um, I, mean, I mean, last week, and it's something I don't think we 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 touched on but, is but, when but is, is, is when she switched off the master's perception filter, and people are saying that the the basin now she left into his own device because they were because of his race because um, he looks Asian. I don't. And I, and I know. I, I I didn't necessarily think that was the case there. I didn't think she, at the she, time. She basi- no, no. Basically, what she'd done was was to she'd got the false message sent. That he was a double agent and was doing brilliantly for Britain. Yeah, and that's why they was coming for him. The reason she turned off the perception filter was that he wouldn't be able to talk his way out of it. Well, it was only. It's also what she. I know. So we should have talked about this last week, actually. But um, but it's what she said. You know, um, more or less along the lines that you won't look Aryan anymore. Yeah. So basically, you you now look, you'll look to them as you look to me, and they're gonna and they're gonna, you know, arrest you and torture you for it, as well as as, as you say, send out the thing about him being a double agent. So um, yes, yeah, so I know. Uh, but then, but then oh, again, that's a question of perhaps choosing who your friends are. Well, true. And if true. you want to try and run with that sort of people, yeah, then you know. But the whole thing, but the whole thing, the doctor in this one said, "Oh, you know, I'll, I'm sure they'll be all right." Um, well, you could have gone back and saved them. So I think a lot. Yeah, but, but, I, that's I, ha- but that's happened all through Doctor Who. Oh, it has. But 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 as you which say, which is why actually in the um, fires of Pompeii was such a scene with Donna saying, "No, was it?" Yeah, yeah it's, she wanted to avert yeah. the disaster, and the doctor, well, I can't change yeah. one thing, but, but you, you can know, save one. Yeah, Let's just save one because. That that basically didn't really happen in Doctor Who. No, it didn't. It didn't. He always leaves people to fend for themselves at the end, really. But I think this is what was going back to what you said earlier. Is it this is one of the this is like the moral quandary that there is now because as you, as you as you said, the Doctor can land the TARDIS pretty much where she likes yeah. now. 
Yeah, which I think actually is 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 a problem because it does it does throw up this whole what can you do with time travel, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whereas at least when it was random, there was a case of look, I can't do anything if I wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it comes comes back to well, if the Doctor can go back and save Kane and Bella, then he can go back and save Edric. Well, I don't know. You yeah, you could do. Yeah, you're right. Well, why why why, yeah, why, why yeah. does he not save Edric then? If you could save, if you're going to save, Kane well, actually, and Bella? well, actually, he, he couldn't at that time. But if I'm right, the controls were damaged because the Cybermen shot them, shot the TARDIS console. So there, there was your, your your double jeopardy thing right there. But but I take your point though. What would once he repaired it? What was would have stopped yeah. going back anyway? I mean, the whole the, the, there's the whole argument, isn't it? The argument isn't. The argument between him and Tegan and Nyssa isn't that I physically can't pilot the TARDIS there. Mm. It's what he's done is done, or what where where we are is where we are. Yeah, and we can't literally go around pulling people out of a time stream that they're in. No, I think it's just that for whole, the sake of it. Yeah, I know the whole thing. Oh God, we're talking about Earthshot now. Um, I know the whole thing was to do with yeah the the spaceship had to crash into the earth because that's what killed off the dinosaurs. So it set that whole. Yeah, but it didn't. It, but it didn't. Did, it didn't require Edric to die on board. No. <laughs> no. And how do you how do you know that the dregs taking over the bite over this base isn't what had to happen in the future? Hmm. And well, again, Bella and Kane this, have to die there. Well, this this is the this is the thing because. That whole argument is kind of undone with the Doctor's speech by saying this is a possible future. So none of this really had to happen. If yeah. basically the speech at the end was saying, if we get our act together, this will not happen. Well, you you could then say that the Doctor is trying to save Bella and Kane there because yeah, if but- people take heed of the his the speech, then. They won't be there in the future. Yeah, but that that's that that was addressed to the people at home rather than, you know, Graham Yaz and um, and Ryan. Well, it's still, so yeah, I I, I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's I know, I know what you point. mean. If you you know, the, what's what? Where's the difference? If the Doctor's trying to change time, millions of years back, or going back to save two people. Well, I, not, I know, think this, this is this is the whole problem with the time travel show. It's saying because yeah. it always had this thing: there are certain fixed points that cannot be um, cannot be changed. And now we're sort of kind of saying the whole fixed points thing. It works when the writer wants it to. Yeah, but, it becomes it, it becomes a but problem you go, you go as the to, plot dictates. To go back to Spyfall. Both the two women that help. The doctor in that, yeah, die at an early age. Well, again, this is the, this is the difference with historical figures. You can't yeah. go back and you can't go back and because otherwise that would be but, changing but, but then, but known then history, wouldn't you can't, it? You can't treat future figures that any different. But I'm saying you can if the plot dictates it, and the oh, plot yeah, dictated but, it. But, <laughs> but, but, like, but well, no, I don't think it did. I think, I mean, to be honest, they both. They're, the reason they're both there, and the reason they're both now fighting for their lives, is their own actions. And while I'm not turning around and saying they deserve to die, <laughs> you are. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have died because of them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, oh, and actually, if the Doctor saves them, what does she do with them? Because they've both actually cost a lot of... Pe- they've both been responsible for a lot of people dying. Well, again... So, so what does the, she do? Just let the, them... Pl- well, the Doctor's... Land doctor's them all- in a nice, nice planet and say, go on, let go. Don't you worry, you go and live your life that you've just deprived other people of. We know the Doctors will always meet out some kind of justice, and maybe that was... Justice. May, may, maybe leaving them to their own fate is is the justice that. Yeah. That she but, didn't. She didn't. She didn't put them in that position. They put themselves in that position. But and that didn't, and obviously that, that should she, should she save anybody? Should the doctor save anybody, no matter who they are? I think. Um, should should the doctor yeah, have stopped? Because yeah, because I, I I think now in this in this, you know. I sound like a right old fuddy-duddy, but this modern iteration of Doctor Who, um, it's very much out of character. I feel, anyway, I feel it's very much out of character. I know we who have had an instance of it, but it's always that. I think that's what always gets people, um, people work, you know, worked up. You know, if you go back to um, sort of dinosaurs on the spaceship, when the Doctor deliberately has the missiles lock onto. Um, I can't remember the character's name, yeah. but it's by, by um, yeah, but, but basically, he, he leaves him to die. Basically, mm. uh, a lot, a yeah. lot of people, got, a lot of people got worked up about that, and I thought, okay, now the doctors killed people, loads of people before over the years, but I think now we got so used to, to the doctor taking the moral high ground all the time. You know, it's I mean, it's it's like the the the, uh, the spider one from from um, the last series. I mean, the guy just walks off. And the yeah. doctor lets him. You know, you, you you wanted to see that that you know that that Trump style character get his comeuppance, and he didn't get it. No, you know. So, but but yeah, but there's there's a question of you know what what a sound this is. There's a question of what does the the doctor do? I mean, it's it's not necessarily. I mean, it could be argued that rather than risking everybody going out into onto the planet in the the truck. Yeah. She should have been teleported back into the TARDIS and gone out in the TARDIS and saved him. Yeah. And saved Benny. Yeah, that's what I mean. That it's these events happened for no particular other other than really to just drive the plot along in in, in yeah. a nonsensical manner, if you ask me, because there were so many but, you know, other but, ways but, of resolving you this. Can't, <laughs> you can't you can't turn around and say this is out of character because there's plenty of examples. Both ways. Yeah, what I'm saying is out of character now for the modern take on Doctor Who because it, it, it's that whole thing of, um, you know, doing the right thing, not using violence, etc., etc. Um, and I'm quite sure the Doctor could have found another way to have um, pun- well, I say punished, but meted out some kind of justice to, to, to Kane and to, and to a certain extent Bella as well. I just think they just should, to, to 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 paraphrase Peter Davison in the Warriors of the Deep again. There should have been another way. Why? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't know that 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 did at first. I did think that, and I, I, my my thought on that was actually this is a problem that writers have got by making a controllable TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah. Because you actually throw moral questions at the Doctor as to what you're supposed to do. Yeah. With a in time with time travel. It's just the fact that there was no. I mean, again, you could tell that the you know Graham and um, Yaz and Ryan were, were not 
you know, I think they would would have wanted to have gone back and saved them. Um, but there was no sort of resistance to the Doctor's... Imagine, imagine if that had been Tegan or Donna. Yeah. In that situation. She would have given the Doctor what for. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. There could uh, there could have been an argument about can we go back and save them? Yeah, um, but I don't think it's as clear cut as the Doctor should and would have done it in any other occasion. Hmm. I think I think we'll have, to, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. So we could talk about that one all night, I think, actually. But uh, but anyway, I mean, get, they, get... The, the more because the more I think about it, the more I think there's direct. You know, if if you if you're not going to go back and save. And save Edric, then there's there's less of a reason to go back and save yeah. Kane and Bella. And I suppose the only way then he didn't even when the tires were repaired because the tires were too unreliable. That, but again, but but that wasn't it, it comes that, but like back, I say that wasn't the argument that happened. No, no, it, it was just it's just that. okay. That character's gone. Um, the argument was the, there was the, no, the actors we cannot do that. No, exactly. Yeah. What 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 will happen will happen. But the could yeah the anyway. yeah but the, yeah you 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 are absolutely right on that one. There was no Adric dying had no would have been of no consequence to the um, Earth um, yeah. going through the change that it did because of because of the crash ship. But uh, anyway, yeah, the ship, um, ship was they weren't going to stay. The argument wasn't <clears throat> that they should divert the ship. The argument was they should land on the ship. Adric jumping in bold, on bold and they take yeah. off again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, anyway. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, back, so let's let's go back to the the, the, the climate change message. I think that's the bit to, we were to, trying to the moral high ground. Yes. <laughs> um, again, it just felt forced. There's um, nothing. There's nothing wrong with the message because it's it's bang on basically. Yeah. You know, we I mean, are I mean, we are in trouble. But, you know, but particularly, I mean, what what is <clears throat> what was I mean. They must have actually loved the, you know, to to a sense of of how of the timing of this, because obviously this was filmed sometime last year. Yeah, yeah. And you've actually now got a doctor saying you're arguing over the washing up while the earth burns, which couldn't be more an apt phrase. Yes, at exactly. At the with, moment, yeah, with, with large proportions of Australia on fire. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen people say, you know, saying, oh, you know, Doctor Who's always been immoral, but it did it in a more subtle way. Mm. Well, two things on that is, A, when you've got six half-hour episodes, you can be more subtle. Precisely, yeah. Um, I mean, bit, bits in this story, actually, where, obviously, we, we have the... The doctor giving the little speeches just to move the plot along or to explain the plot. Yeah. Which you know we had that on the the truck, where she describes what an orphan planet is. Yeah. To give us the background on that. Um, it's thinking back to the Pertwee thing. Hmm. Those sort of they they seem now forced and drawn in because they actually have to stop the action to have them. Yeah. But if you think in sort of Pertwee stuff, you'd have scenes where he'd just be having a cup of tea with Cho in the his laboratory at unit. Yeah. And that, that, that conversation would happen there. Somewhere in the middle of part three, a quiet moment of part three. 
But I think I think that that's or, you've hit, or, you've hit, yeah, gone. Or in the the many times during during these these series, when both the Doctor and Joe are tied up, they have nothing <laughs> else to talk yes. about. Yeah, yeah. But that 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 kind of to me that works because it is a pause in the action. Yeah, it's almost like a, a time to for the Doctor to reflect or explain what's what's yes. going on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. But it's a, as you as you said, and I think you hit the nail right on the head. That it's a conversation between two yeah. characters. It's not stop everything. The Doctor talks at people, then they pick up where they left off. And I think yeah. that's 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 an issue for a lot of people. But that's sort of born as much from how much time you've got to say it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you you can't you can't have the. Now listen here, Joe. I don't think humanity's going in the right direction. Sure. Yes. Well, what yeah. do you mean, Doctor? You know. Yeah. You you haven't got time for that. No, in, you haven't. In, in a fifty minutes. I mean, we're already saying they haven't got enough time for the character develop. You know. To yeah, let, yeah. Let alone the message. The characters. Let alone. <laughs> let alone then to to have the Doctor and and Yaz sit down and have a cup of tea, tea. while they discuss what's going on in an orphan <laughs> planets and whatever. Um. <clears throat> and, and the other thing to say, you know, that the yeah. other thing on that is about the right. This is very preachy at the end. Um, is basically a lecture. You know, this is yeah. got to do something. Yeah. And you know, you say, oh, with the the Green Death, it wasn't forced down your throat and whatever. Yeah. I mean, it could be argued that the Green Death was over forty years ago. And nobody seems to have taken any notice of it. So perhaps it's now a bit time to get a bit more. A bit more shouty about, it. yeah. Yes, <laughs> we've gone past the point of, uh, you know, do you think you could awfully be be good and not? Yeah, also the the, the, not the John stop, Le, the, and, and, the, and not burn the planet. Yeah, the John Lemessurier. Would you mind yeah. awfully? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, we've got to, we've got to accept that perhaps, you know, I I I, I think it could have been done better, but I don't think. It was wrong. No, completely it, wrong to do. No, it. it's not wrong because it, as we, I think you know, um, we, we both said that you know the doctors has always had, um, especially during the Barry Letts era, um, had some kind of a social message, uh, reflecting real world events. Um, actually, just I mean during the Philip Hinchcliffe era as well, with things like the Sunmakers, the whole thing about taxes and everything. So yeah. it's you know it's it's always been it's it always sci-fi, been done. Sci-fi has yeah. always projected the problems of today into yes. into a future landscape. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so that's what it, good sci-fi does. Yeah. Um it's it's just the manner in which it's done and also how long yeah. you've got to do that as do well. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it, I think if they'd have sort of woven that into the into the story a, a bit more effectively, I don't think people would have, would have yeah, would be talking about it like the, the way they are, really. But then, what do you leave out? You know, it's to do that. You've only got fifty minutes. I could have left out Benny. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe maybe you just don't have them go off. Well, they contributed nothing to the story, so I would say, no. yeah, I'd just say, yeah, 
Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say bye bye to those characters and then sort of maybe concentrate on the on the message a bit more. But yeah. Oh well. Oh well. This, so, is, this is the problem. It I, is. Last, just, just, just quickly to wrap up on this. Yes, yes. Before we get to um, listen to feedback, yes. Was was the couple of lines on this? Um, I like the with, with crayons and a can of spam. I could create you. Yes, yeah. I thought it was a great line. Um, and the other thing was, what of course doesn't get mentioned in the in, in the future world is that Robbie Fowler and his breathing strips must be one of the richest. Must have been one of the richest people. <laughs> Yes, indeed, and nobody snores in the future either. It's just... <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't work out, or if this actually was was the one thing people were actually recycling in the future is those little plastic bits around the cap of bottles into <laughs> bottles that they're now cutting in half and sticking over their noses. Oh well, that, that's. I think you've just given a huge tip to, to co- all you cosplayers out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should, should we go to listen to feedback? Yes. Let's see what everyone else thought about this. Okay, so thanks so much um, again, everybody. Uh, we've got some feedback via Twitter, Facebook, and and the uh, email for the old folks as well. So, um, okay, so first up, we've got one bit of Twitter feedback. This is from Homer's Twin. And they say, Story was a bit of a mess, and the final Doctor rant was overly preachy when the point had already been made. The dregs were well visualised, and there was an interesting idea that they were just badly executed. Overall, how not to do a base under siege. Okay, okay. Pretty much where a lot of people are coming from on yeah. this, and, and me on, on certain views as, as well. Um, so now we're on to our um, Facebook feedback. First of all, John Michael Lindsay, and he uh, writes, I'm sorry, but that was just bland. As Ben Elton would say, time to do a little bit of topical stuff, a little bit of politics there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but all that just to get an eco message out. No characters I could relate to. Even the Kane Bella story just wasn't enough to keep my attention. Even though I love Laura Fraser as an actor, this wasn't good enough material in my opinion. The Dregs costume stroke prosthetics were impressive, but sadly that was about it. I'm looking forward to another historical next week. I just hope it will be better written than this one. Okay, so now we have some more slightly positive feedback. Uh, first of all, we have Abby Peck. Hi, Abby. Um, she says, it was excellent. I feel that we're in a great run so far. Okay, thanks, Abby. Then Jeff Waddle replies what she said. I thought it was great. If you're going to do a, base un- a basic base under siege story, that's the way to do it. Preachy? Maybe. But given what I suspect is round the corner with the speech at the end of, uh, with alternate timelines, this will do me nicely. Okay, so that's a bit more of a positive spin on that. Uh, next up with uh, Martin Havel uh, from the Bad Wolf podcast. And Martin says, I was really enjoying the first 15 to 20 minutes of Orphan 55. It felt like fluff, but fun fluff. Then it just went nowhere. From the trailer, I assume the creatures were weevils from Torchwood. I actually think that may have been better. There's always a mystery in Torchwood. Would have been nice to have that wrapped up. So we have all into these things with sharp teeth. Okay, but what else are they eating? If they have those teeth, it's because they need them. Are these attacks more common than Cain lets on? Does this happen every time? Are the free trips just to play to sacrifice people to these things? Nope, nothing that interesting. I don't understand why the Doctor couldn't go back for Bella and Cain. I thought well, that's... we have that argument again? <laughs> do we have that again? We? Yeah. I thought... <laughs> I thought that's what she was going to do. I quite like Bella. As much as I like Graham, 
I'd have killed him off in this episode. Harsh, Martin, harsh. Um, have him sacrifice himself so Ryan and Bella could be together. It would also show Ryan and Yaz that travelling with the Doctor has consequences. Uh, uh, he then says, I don't mind the little social commentary whipped at me. The Perwi era did a lot of environmental politics, as we previously discussed, but it was ha- handled well. All from 55 are the finesse of a sledgehammer. Okay, thank you, Martin. I think it sort of echoes a lot of things I was yeah. certainly saying there. Um, and a lot of other people out there as well, actually. Um, Andrea Gill. Um, hi, Andrea. Um, she writes, I enjoyed it, but I actually prefer my initial misunderstanding that the dregs were literally angry trees. If that makes less sense, the trees have reason to be angry with humans at least. I, I thought that was actually what she was saying at first. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Which, of I'd course, agree. actually would leave, leave the question of... What's worse, their bark or their bite? Yeah, precisely. Hey, I just got that. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I can't believe I walked into that one. I couldn't see the wood for the trees there, could I? (laughs) Okay. um, So last bit of uh, Facebook um, feedback from Becky Barnum. Hi, Becky. Uh, She writes, I was so happy to have some good old-fashioned slow-walking rubber monsters back. I cackle with glee every time they were shown on the screen. I think the overall message would have been more impactful if they hadn't hit us over the head with a lecture at the end. Trust your viewers. And I agree with that. That Those final three words there, trust your viewers. Okay. Um, okay, now we've, last we've got some email feedback. Um, and first of all, Ian Key, one of our, another one of our regular contributors. Hi, Ian. He says, Evening, gents. Think I need to watch this one again. I like the twists some of the visuals and the dregs, but felt some of the sets and characters looked like they'd been fallen out of the Colin Baker era. Yeah, especially the hyphen three one. Um, I know a lot of people have said that Jodie needs to have a speech, but the one at the end, read what we're doing to the planet and climate change, although well-meaning, felt a little forced. Very undecided. Have a good week, Ian. Okay, thank you very much, Ian. Um, now, of course, I've I've saved the best to last. because um, it's uh, and We've received another email from uh, Daniel Winterbottom Stanley. Ah. Uh, okay, so uh, <clears throat> I, I, will, I shall uh, continue. Dearest Philip and Paul. That's very formal, isn't it? Dearest, yeah, dearest Philip and Paul, thank you so much for reading my previous email. It was the best part of your podcast and I was, most pop- and I was the most popular guy at the comic book shop. Admittedly, I was the only person working that day. Just when I thought the series couldn't get any worse, Chibnall gives us all from 55. An absolute travesty of an episode, which takes a massive steaming poo on 25 years of law. Please excuse my strong language. I'm just so ruddy mad. Um, the death of the old couple was clearly Chris Chibnall dream-killing Pippa Jane Baker, embarrassing them once again on national TV. <laughs> the acting was poor, especially by Richard Dinsdale. There's no one even called Richard Dinsdale in this. <laughs> um, he's normally so good. The script was terrible, and if Jane Baker had shouted Benny one more time, I would have thrown my remote at the TV. Graham Speedos must have been chafing up a fire under those trousers. Uh, the aliens look like I leave in the toilet. The day after my mum goes out and I've eaten nothing but crisps and peanuts. Um, I'm done. Doctor Who's dead to me. I won't be watching until next Sunday. I'm going to I'm going to pollute more tomorrow. Thanks, Daniel Witterbottom Stanley. Uh, please, thank, you. Please, thank you. Please keep them coming in. <laughs> oh dear, sorry. I, I like the Pip and Jane Baker allegory there. So. 
Oh, crikey. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so yeah, I think it, it was quite. Um, this episode divided a lot of people. It, it's, there's been, it's been a lot to talk about. A lot of people um, sort of getting a bit, a bit, <laughs> a bit angsty. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I fair, fair I, enough. I, mean, I just, I just think it. Yeah, it, it's an average story that um, didn't have enough character development. No, to, no, to it really didn't. Push it it. didn't. So, um, but it, it certainly got us two talking as well. And I, I, yes. I thought we, we I think we. Um, to my mind, I think we spoke about that a lot longer than I thought we initially were going to, to be honest. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, okay then. So, just about wraps up uh, this week's episode. So, we'll be in that next week. Um, with, with it's, it's the Nikolai Tesla one episode next week, isn't it? Yes. They, yeah. So far, what they've released all seems to be set on Earth, doesn't it? It in does. One form or another. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. We've had the master introduced in the first episode, and now everything else is on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that, that that that'll wind people up as well. So. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so let, let, let's 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 call this a day now. Then, so uh, let, yes. let, let's see what what we think about next week's one. Hopefully, we we might uh, both walk away from next week feeling a bit more. A bit more happier, or um, or will the roles be reversed? Yes. Let's see. Let's see. So until then, it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Who's he?